Welcome to the River Tree Canal Fulton Podcast. Guys and gals, this week's podcast is a game changer, and I don't say that lightly because literally everything is changing. If you've not heard the news, we have so much new stuff happening, new location, new name, new just new. It's just crazy. Uh, today you get to hear the full story. Enjoy our sermon from January 8th um, as we make a big announcement about the future of who we are going to be. So thanks for being with us today. If you're new here, my name is Drew. I am uh, the campus pastor here at River Tree Canal Fulton. I'm so excited on so many levels to be with you. One of the reasons is that I'm not in a van. Because since Christmas Eve, I have been on the road. We've gone to Kentucky and Louisiana and Alabama. And we got back yesterday, and I'm sick of being in cars. And I have so much extra Chick-fil-A sauce that every <laughs> soccer mom or dad is envious of me. We are exhausted, but we're so uh, glad to be home and glad to be here today. Now, there's a rumor in town that we've got some stuff to talk about. I got a phone call uh, just last week from somebody who's like, hey, I was at the hardware store and I heard this. Um, Which if it's at the hardware store here, you know uh, it's in the water. So we're going to talk about some exciting things today in just a moment. And I'm not going to dilly-dally before we get there, but I do want to talk about the scriptures first. Um, I read this passage today. It comes from a story that Jesus tells about what the kingdom of God is like. Not what it will be like like when he returns, but what it's like now for those of us who are living between what God has done in Jesus and what God will do when he returns to restore all things. It's like this is what kingdom life is going to be like. And this is a parable often referred to as the parable of the talents. And if you haven't heard it, it's in Matthew 25. You should read it. It's a, it's a challenging story, but it's a really interesting story because there's a, a guy who's a master who entrusts his servants with talents. And it's not talent like talent show talent. A talent was an amount of money. And he gives one five and one two and one one. And then he leaves town and he comes back to check on it. Um, Oh, yeah, I got to dismiss students. If you're here, sorry. I was like, why are there buffalo in the rock right now? If you have a fifth through eighth grader and they want to go, or if they're just a student and want to hang out with fifth and eighth graders, you can head off with Adam and that whole crew. My bad. I totally missed it. And there's a ton of kids out there, too. I popped my head in there, and I was like, wow, prayers for Paul and Brenda today. Um, So look, the parable of the talents, so one person is entrusted with five things, five amounts of money, two amounts of money, one amount of money. Uh, And the story is the one with five invests them and gets five more. The one with two invests them and gets two more. The one with one decides to not invest them, but instead to bury it. And when his master comes back, he's just like, I just have this one thing. And the whole parable of the talents is, is really, um, it's not a lesson necessarily about money. The parable of the talents is ultimately about whether or not we will do with what Jesus, if we would do what Jesus would do with what he entrusts us with. It's actually a story about whatever God entrusts you with in the world, that the reason you are entrusted with it is to do with it what Jesus would do. The guy who buries the one thing, he gets reprimanded by the master, not because he didn't have a return, but because he literally didn't do what the master would do with the master's things. The whole story is, it's a story of stewardship, and it's this amazing kingdom principle there. Um, 
Dallas Willard says this, as Jesus' disciple, I am his apprentice in kingdom living. I'm learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of the heavens as he would lead my life if he were I. I'm going to read that again. As Jesus' disciple, which all of you, if you adhere to Jesus as Lord, you are his disciple. I'm his apprentice in kingdom living. I'm learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of the heavens as he would lead my life if he were I. Discipleship is the heartbeat of our church. And uh, we see in the parable of the talents that people who are entrusted with things are challenged to do with it what the master would do. And when they do, they're entrusted with more and they're actually invited. There's this beautiful statement where he says, come and share in your master's happiness. Some translations say, enter into the joy of your master. Faithfulness with what you have been entrusted with leads to more in the kingdom. Which naturally leads me to two questions. Uh, What have we been entrusted with and what would Jesus do with it if he were us? The conversation I want to have with you about our future, I want to couch in this because one of the things I see in the moment we're in, and I've been here a little under two years now as the pastor, um, is that you as a church are in a moment where, one, you need to recognize that God trusts you and entrusts you with what you have in your life. Whether that is stuff whether it is relationships, whether it is moments or opportunities. Um, And it's a beautiful thing that God doesn't hoard his kingdom to himself, but he entrusts it to his people. He gives you people. He gives you kids. He gives you neighbors. He gives you opportunities. He gives you situations that God trusts you enough to entrust you. Uh, and I, I laugh at that sometimes because I'm like, God, do you not know me? I wouldn't trust me that much. <laughs> like, I know, I know, Christy Timmons, trust her. Uh, but you trust me, you trust me with this much. And I would say, if you find yourself in any way with something worthy of doing a good and right thing with, that is a sign that God sees you and trusts you, maybe even more than you trust yourself. He entrusts you with opportunities to join him in what he's doing and redeeming and reconciling the world. Uh, And it's all these little small moments that he gives us. And and what's amazing is that people who are faithful in their moments, God entrusts with more. I feel like we're in a moment as a church where God is entrusting us with more. Uh, And I say that humbly, but I also want to say that to encourage you. Because I know a lot of your stories. I know... Um, what God has been doing in so many of you, that you've been given these moments where you have opportunities to make that next step, to say yes, to be faithful, to become a disciple maker, to say yes in generosity, to say yes, to invest in your family, in your neighbors, to follow God on mission and what he's doing. And I feel like a church that God sees as being faithful with things is naturally entrusted with more because that's the way he says the kingdom works. So as I shared this news with you, I want to share from like a place of like good pride as a pastor. Uh, I'm proud of the church we are and that we're becoming. And as we talk about the future, I see this as a moment where God is entrusting us to continue 
to do with what he gives us as he would do, to join him on mission in the world. So with that, um, our church now has a new home, uh, and it is at the campus of what is currently High Point Christian Church in Clinton. Uh, some of you know exactly where that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of you know exactly where that is because some of you, Jerry, you were baptized there, right? Yeah. He's been in the waters there. Um, some of you, you went there. Your families were a part of building that church. Some of you are like, I have no idea where that is or what that is. If you are a Googler mapper, uh, I'll give you the address so that some of you are like, I need to know where this is. It's 2545 West Comet Road. Um, so if some of you, it's like you have permission to take your phone out in church. I'll, let, I'll tell Jesus it's okay this once. Um, so I want to share with you the story of how this whole thing happened and then show you some pictures and answer a couple of questions. Because some of you in hearing this are like neutral. Some of you are very excited. Some of you are like, I have lots of questions and concerns. And I want to talk about a couple of those things now. I also want to say we have, um, that we're going to hand out at the end of the service, we have like a a frequently asked question sheet that we've created um, for this opportunity that answers a lot of things. Um, but this is a moment that we have not come to very quickly. Actually, it has been rather quick, but not without um, a lot of prayer and checks and balances and conversations. So uh, many of you know we are in this campaign called Multiply where we've been talking about the future. And we've been sowing seeds about this since the summertime. And I shared this in a family meeting in November that um, in the summer, uh, part of, part of the, the grand plan for this place was that when we bought it, that the land behind us would be an opportunity for us to expand, that we had the first right of refusal. We didn't buy the land, but we contractually had uh, like the first no. If we didn't want it, somebody else could buy it. So this summer, I showed up and somebody was building on it and I had lots of questions. And it turns out um, there was a no downstream from us uh, that none of us at Rivertree, myself, none of the elders of the church knew that had happened, but basically that the door had closed and the land behind us had been sold to Skipco, which God bless Skipco, I'm not ill with them at all. But I knew at that point, hey, whatever future we have here at The Rock is now changing shape. And just begin to ask and pray, God, what does this mean for us as a church? Because we didn't get into the gym business to own a gym, we're in the church business. This place has been a blessing for us to sow into our community, but we also knew that we would need the facilities that would help us begin to teach and expand and uh, invest in kids and in students and in families and make disciples, that every facility we have is to facilitate mission, and we wanted to make sure that we were headed in that direction. So we just began to pray, and I asked the, the lead team, uh, let's call it the forward team at Rivertree, I asked them to start praying, asked some people in church, I said, just be praying, because I don't know what this means. Uh, but I do know there's some things that I don't want, um, and that is more debt, uh, <laughs> because we just got out of debt last year as a church. But also, like, there are some things where, like, I feel like we've been nomadic here in a way that doesn't, it's like you're renting your own home, uh, which is great if you're making money like an Airbnb, but you have another house to go to. Um, but we are, we've been at this place where we are it feels like we haven't been able to anchor down as a church and really give our full energy to becoming who God's kind of setting us course to be. And so um, as we uh, began praying about that in early October, right before we started talking about Multiply publicly, my boss called me, Jason. He said, hey, 
what are you doing? I was like, I'm literally sitting here. He's like, all right, I just had this conversation and I don't know if this is Jesus or Satan, but I got to tell you about it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm listening now. <laughs> he said he had a conversation with John Stahl. John Stahl is the pastor of High Point Christian Church. Now, Jason didn't know this. He knew John because John was talking to Jason about what was happening through the ministry and nonprofit that he has uh, that's reaching internationals uh, all over the world through this resource that he's created. And he's telling Jason all of these stories about all of these things. And he says, offhandedly, my wife and I have been, like, we just don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do both of these things. And Jason's like, well, what's the other thing that you do? And he's like, well, I'm the pastor at High Point. Now, High Point in the history of River Tree is interesting because uh, for those of you who know the name Greg Nettle, he was the pastor of River Tree, now River Tree Jackson, but took River Tree from a small church to a very, very big church. He was a very influential leader. Um, he came out of High Point. <laughs> and Al D'Angelo, who was the founding pastor of this church, well, Al came out of High Point. So we have a lot of roots into this church. And um, so I'm sitting here as someone who's relatively new to the area, and I'm just like, well, that's That's interesting. And so Jason and John begin to talk and it becomes really clear in their conversation that John's feeling a call to what God is doing in international mission and it does not know what to do about that when it comes to his role as a pastor. And so Jason encourages John to talk with the elders at High Point. But then he's also like, if y'all wanna have a conversation with us about the future, we'd be interested. So Jason's like, so we might be having a meeting with him about some stuff. And I was like, okay. Fast forward, and I get to sit down with John, with Rick, with Don, with Keith, who are elders there at High Point, and then my boss, both of my bosses, Jason and Josh, and we sit down for about five hours in the middle of October, and we just hash out all the what-ifs and possibilities and who we are. They've never met me before. They don't know Jack about what we're doing here. They just know, like, we're in the room together, and we're wondering, what well, is this Jesus or Satan? You know, like, as Jason so eloquently put it. Is this the Lord? And as we talk, uh, we hear in them, one, that they as elders see that John is being called to what he's doing on the mission field. And that two, they don't have the staffing or leadership um, to move forward in the way that they long to, to reach their people, to be a blessing to families, to kids, to students. They, they want it, but they don't have the capacity from what they're doing. And we are sitting here like we actually have leadership and vision and staff and we just don't have space to do what we feel called to do in the way that facilities should facilitate mission. And so by the end of those five hours, we're sitting there like, well, is, is this Jesus? I don't know. And so we, um, we decided we're gonna take three weeks to fast and pray. And I called um, three families in our in our church, I called the Downs, I called the Dolans, I called the Obies. I told them what was going on. I said, I, I need you to just start praying because I don't know if I don't know if this is Jesus or not, but I know that if it is Jesus, we've got to follow him because that's what we're committed to do. Like Jesus is sacred, his mission is sacred. Following him is what we're called to do. Is this him? After those three weeks, we came back together and their elders and leadership just said, Hey, we've prayed, we feel 100% at peace that this is the Lord. And if you guys are in, we will legally dissolve as a church and we'll jump on board. 
Like we don't have to be elders or deacons. We don't have to have the roles. We just want to chase after what God is doing, and we sense he's doing it in your church, and we'll jump on. And I was like, oh. And I had a deep peace in me too. I knew it. I knew God was up to something. And so as we talk through things, we talk through some of the, the legal side of things and some of the caveats and how we can uh, support John and how we can do some of these different types of things. Uh, it became clear that one of the things we had to do was talk about the rock. So that's when I came to this church in November and said, hey, if we're going to have a future somewhere, and there is a place, and I couldn't tell you any of this at that point, but I said, we're going to have to sell the rock. So that was on November 20th. November 21st, I had a phone call with a guy. On November 22nd, I had a cash offer for asking price in my inbox. <laughs> and I was like, God, are you in this? <laughs> um, and the offer that we got for this not only will allow this to be, continue to be a good news, but it actually sets us up to completely eliminate the debt that's remaining on the property at High Point and have room to do some really great facility upgrades um, in a way that will allow us to make it a home, allow them to have the albatross of debt completely lifted off their shoulders, and allow us together to move forward on mission from that place. It's, it's unbelievable. I... I told, I told some of you all, I had like a more pleased request. Like I made my request before God. I said, I want a home for our church. I want space for kids and students. I want to not get back into debt. And I kind of want a baptistry if you can, if you can squeeze it in. Um, I want to show you some pictures of the place. Some of you know this place well. Some of you have never seen it. Here's just a couple pictures. And I want to tell you, Tuesday night, like tomorrow is Monday, that then Tuesday. 5.30, we're going to have an open house for all of you to just come walk through. And at 6.30, we're going to gather in prayer there. Uh, with anyone and everyone who wants to come so that you can see it for yourself. But here's a few pictures. This is the, the sanctuary. Uh, you can see there, um, there's gonna be plenty of seating. That's a view from where uh, I will preach or maybe you'll preach one day. Um, there's kids' classrooms that we have there, spaces for kids. There's a number of classrooms that are gonna be functional for all of our kids who are crammed in a trailer right now. It's got a full industrial kitchen which is an amazing opportunity for us to be a blessing because this facility will enable us to do weddings and funerals and some of those unique roles that a church can play in the health of a community that we've not been able to do in a gym. Um, and then it has a gym. We sold a gym and then we got a gym <laughs> on seven and a half acres of land with a pavilion. It is, it's beautiful um, and it's going to be a remarkable place for us to then ask the question, God, what are you doing and how can we join you in this? Um, I'm so overwhelmed and it's been hard to sit on this and I know it's, it's leaked everywhere now and I'm sorry if you didn't hear it from me. Maybe you're hearing it from me. You're like, why didn't I hear it? I've been out of town for two weeks. You should have gone to the hardware shop. They would have told you everything. Um, but look, this is, this is an unbelievable reality and it's funny because every, everyone that was let in on this conversation, even if at first they were like, I don't know about this at all. As we've sat and we've processed and we've prayed, we've seen a couple things. One, that there's a joy in God in what we are putting our hands to that we don't want to overlook, that God is entrusting us in this moment. Like, so kudos to you and your faithfulness because God sees what you're doing and he's entrusting you and us 
with more. And two, that God's plan for our church is probably different or bigger than what we might be imagining. Now, I want to answer a couple of questions here. Um, and I think that um, one of the big ones, the one that I wrestled with the most as we begin to weigh this out, is why Clinton and not Canal Fulton? Like, we're River Tree Canal Fulton. Like, it's in the name, right? <laughs> what are we doing? There's more land to witness. <laughs> I should have had you in the room with me, Jerry. Um, and look, I want to tell you that this is something that we wrestled with. And many of you know there are available properties in Canal Fulton here, and I've seen them all. Um, I've walked through them. And to be honest, both from a facility standpoint, this is a much uh, better solution than any other solution we saw. Um, but I want to highlight some other things that I think uh, one of the, the beautiful things that I've learned in ministry through some of my mentors um, and some of the people I've worked a lot. It's like mission starts with paying attention. As we pay attention to what's even happening in this room, like we as a church have outgrown 44614 already because we've got people here that are part of Canal Fulton, but we've got people here who are part of New Franklin, Maslin, Tuslaw, Jackson, that who God is bringing and then sending out into the world is broader than Canal Fulton in a way that we, um, to the point where when we often have lunches and people are learning more about the church, one of the first questions we get is, I don't live in the zip code, can I go to church here? And I'm like, well, yeah. But then I'm like, oh man, we're creating a hurdle for who God is bringing into the room. That God's uh, vision for an orchard of fruitful disciples everywhere, every day, is bigger than our map or our uh, zip code. And so we want to lean into and follow what God is doing. I think um, one of the things that is also really attractive about this is that God's not just bringing us a place, but he's bringing us people. Um, our prayer since I landed here has been, God, send us the people we need for the future we're headed into. And I mean this wholeheartedly. Uh, if people are jumping on board with us as we move to that place, it is with God's mission in mind, not just our numbers. That everyone, every one of you has gifts and passions and a story that is meant for the world that you live in, the places that you live and work and play. That God's divine strategy is that you are where you are for the sake of what he is doing. And that is also true with anyone who would come on board with us through High Point. And for me, that is an overwhelming thing because all of a sudden there are neighborhoods and workplaces and relationships and networks that God wants to reach that I didn't even know existed. Seriously, someone, and in one of our meetings, someone referred to Warwick and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> exactly. All of you natives are like, you don't know what that is? I'm just like, I don't know who the Warwickians are. They sound, sound like they need Jesus, uh, like we all do. We're all, pay I get it. But no, it was like one of those things where I'm like, I don't even know half the people that you're talking about or where they are, but I know that God does. He gave his life not only that they would be reached, but that they would join in, that he would entrust them for the sake of the world around them and that his strategy is so much bigger. And for me, that reality energizes me. It excites me. I think um, also, like, we are, are, are really committed to this image of an orchard uh, in ways you're, you're going to find out more about in just a minute. Um, but that it's not about creating a big space. It's about God gathering us to send us to be fruitful and faithful disciples in the world. 
which means in some ways where we gather doesn't matter as much as where we scatter. Like if there's 168 hours in the week, the one week hour we're together is not as important as the 167 other hours that we're equipping and sending people out to. And for us to have that sort of vision and to be in a position where we can send into more places and so into more people sounds like the kingdom to me. But then there's the practical stuff like it's in Northwest School District. It's closer to the schools than we are now. High Point has a better facilities relationship than we do to the schools that we pray for and care about and are invested in. It's actually drawing some of our deepest missional connections closer rather than further away. And yes, we have the speakeasy, this anchor point in the midst of our community here in Canal Fulton that will continue to be a thriving hub of connection and mission, all the more so as we lean into it in the future. And so for the part of you that's like, hey, I'm here because of the Canal Fulton part of our name and our yes, I want to say the yes that we're giving to Canal Fulton has not changed. But there's a yes that Jesus has to every place that some of you already, because you're in this room, are like, I care about Canal Fulton, but I kind of care about the place I am too. Like God has sent me to Jackson. God has sent me to New Franklin. God has sent me to Maslin. And my question as a pastor is like, if this is who God's entrusting us with as an institution, what does it mean for us to be faithful with that? So um, are we still a River Tree Church? Yes, we are. Uh, we are a River Tree Church. Uh, we're part of the River Tree Network, and I'm still overseeing uh, River Tree Maslin and River Tree Fairless as a part of my job with River Tree. Um, nothing has changed in that relationship. And I, I do want to say very openly, our leaders from above me and the, the central support that we have in finance and HR and all this stuff, like they have done an impeccably amazing job of making this happen to the point where while I was gone for two weeks, I'm getting like updates about like all sorts of things. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Are we having that conversation? They're like, yeah, we had to talk to so-and-so about this and that and whatever. I'm like, thank you for doing all this work that I would have completely not done if it were all up to me because I don't know anything. We have an incredible team around us, and I'm so thankful for them uh, and the way that they have been fighting for us to do this. Uh, is our mission or vision changing? No with a star. Our mission statement, and I, I broadened it just a hair, and you'll see it. We are a people sent to practice the way of Jesus together for the good of our communities. This was actually a change I was planning on making for 2023 regardless of where we ended up because we're bigger than our zip code. And for the communities God has put us in, God is sending us out to, we want to practice the way of Jesus there. Uh, and so we're going to be who we are. We're just going to be who we are in a way that's a little bit broader. Um, but we are not rethinking who we've been setting our culture to be over the past two years. We are a church that is sent by God to be where we are, to practice his ways together for the good of the places that we're placed in, for the good of our neighborhood, for the good of our workplace, for the good of the places and network that we are in relationship. Now, um, one of the other questions you might have is, well, if we're River Tree Canal Fulton, but we're in Clinton, isn't that a problem? <laughs> and it is. So here's the part that might feel the most jarring, but... Uh, in wisdom, in wise counsel, and in conversations, as we've been praying and been like, okay, well, we can, 
we can continue, we can just be River Tree Canal Fulton and Clinton. Like that's really clunky, but it can work, I guess, if you really try. Uh, or we could call ourselves another River Tree thing. We could be River Tree High Point or River Tree this, or River Tree that. Um, the more we prayed and the more I had conversation with people who've merged churches together or who've seen this thing, they were like, you need to lean into who God is making you and just name your church that. Like name your church, who you're going to be and what you feel like God is calling you to be. So prayerfully in conversation, we have decided that when we land together uh, at the the campus on West Comet, we are going to officially be called Orchard Hill Church. Orchard, oh, yeah. Um, Orchard, obviously with our vision that God doesn't want to grow a big tree, but he wants each of us to be fruit-bearing, faithful disciples everywhere, every day. We're gonna lean and double down into that, um, that we believe that God calls us to be, um, to be that in our world. Hill, uh, first because the church is literally on a hill and its steeple is the high point, that's where it got the name. But even in the bigger picture, the hill being a rallying point and Christ who died on Calvary being the centerpiece of us as a church. We believe that uh, when we gather there, we are gathering around Christ for the sake of him speaking to us, empowering us, and sending us to be an orchard everywhere we go. And church, because, well, that's what we are. So starting uh, on January 29th will be the first Sunday that we are gathered officially together at West Comet as Orchard Hill Church. Now, that's like three Sundays from now, and you're like, whoa. Well, this train has been moving fast the whole time, so just jump on (laughs) No, it's exciting. Uh, and for those of you who are on the setup team here, it's really exciting because that means you only have two more times to set up and tear down after this Sunday. <laughs> also, if you were thinking about joining that team, is the perfect time to do that. Um, no, we are, we are rethinking a lot of things. And we're not reinventing the wheel, but it's going to be a different thing being who we are in a new space. And so we've got a lot of things coming. I'm going to walk through a calendar of like dates of things that are coming that are also on the sheet that we're going to give you about uh, who we're becoming and some of those frequently asked questions that we anticipated. Um, But I wanna go back to the two questions I mentioned earlier. Um, What have we been entrusted with and what would Jesus do with it if he were us? Um, This is what I keep coming back to because I really do sense that we are in a moment where God is showing us his joy. He's inviting us to just allow him to be joyfully proud of the yeses that we've been making as a church. And yes, we're being entrusted with more. And we're gonna talk about that in our next two weeks. That idea of thank you more, please, we're gonna lean into it in a week of gratitude and a week of petition and just asking God for more. But God is ahead of us. Like, no one wants more for our world than Jesus. And in the moment we're in, as he sees us saying, I want more for our world, he's just like, yes. Yeah. It just, there's a joy in God in this moment that I pray we don't miss in the midst of all the change and all the questions and all the wrestling. And I'm gonna be honest, I know some of you are hearing this, you're like, yeah, let's go. And some of you are like, I have a lot of questions and honestly, you might've just lost me today. And I'll just say this, I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, I'd love to talk to you about this because uh, 
in the spectrum of people who've been praying about this early on, we've had the same range of emotions. And as we've wrestled with God about what he's calling us to do, we've all ended up in the same place. There's been a peace and a consensus that I trust from the Holy Spirit through this. Uh, and if you want to hear more about that or want to ask the questions that you have about this, uh, we're going to make room for that after the service. Um, what I want to do now, one, we're going to come back to a moment of communion. Um, and then I want to share some key dates with you about what's coming up and let you know that these frequently asked question sheets will be on the table as you go today. And our staff's going to just stick around to answer questions and concerns. And maybe you're just mad and you want to punch me in the gut because this is the worst thing that you've ever heard. That's fine. Don't punch me too hard, but it'll work. Um, but I want to come back to the table because all of this stems from the, the idea that God is good and he's doing good and he entrusts us and calls us to join him in what he's doing. I love the table. I say this all the time. I love coming to the table at the end of our times because the table is that reminder that what God, what God asks of us, he supplies for us as a church. I'm not going to lie, some of my biggest hesitations in this whole conversation have been like, God, I feel like what you're dreaming is bigger than what I'm, I had in mind, or maybe even that I'm capable of. Maybe you've been there, maybe not on a big level, but maybe even on a personal level. If you stop and you think every moment that I'm in, every relationship I'm in, every situation I'm in, God trusts me and he is interesting me, then you're like, whoa, there's, there's some weight to that. And the good news of the gospel is that what God asks of us, he supplies for us in himself. So if you have your communion elements, just take those and get those ready. And let's go to the table today, both in gratitude, recognizing the joy of God, and also with an open hand to receive what we need as he entrusts us with more. On that night, the Lord took bread among his disciples and he broke it. He said, this is my body that is broken for you. So take and eat in remembrance of me. Let us take and eat. He also took a cup and said, this is the cup of a new covenant shed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink in remembrance of me. So we take and drink and remember. Lord, we hear your invitation not just to come and receive, but to enter into the joy of our master. Lord, this week I pray your joy in the faithfulness of your people would just be something that you allow us to experience. And Lord, as we think about the future with both excitement and questions and maybe even anxiety, Lord, we know that you supply all that we need in the person of Christ. Everything we need for life and godliness like bread and cup, and each step you are giving us yourself and asking us to do with the moments that we're in what you would do to be your disciples. Help us to be your disciples this week. Help us to be your disciples as a church as we transition and lean into this change. We bless your name. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. So I'm going to run through some things real quick to talk about some of the key dates that are coming this month. We usually do a fridge sheet this month. It's going to be this sheet that has all of the frequently asked questions about Orchard Hill, and all of these dates are on it. So if you're like, Drew, you're talking too fast, it's all on the sheet. Grab a sheet. You'll have it all. You can put it on your phone, whatever. 
this Tuesday, the 10th, at 5.30 to 6.30, we're having an open house at the West Common Campus for any of you to come in and to just see the facilities. Some of you know them. Some of you have never seen them, didn't even know this church existed. Well, come see it. Because I guarantee you, seeing it will change something in you. We're going to gather for open house at 5.30, and then at 6.30, we're going to enter the sanctuary, and we're going to just spend some time in prayer for that place together. Um, because we want our first time gathering in that space to not just be marked with curiosity, but with faith leaning forward in that space. On the 15th, that's next Sunday, uh, on the High Point side, they're going to be meeting our staff for the first time. So you can pray for that interaction. I'm going to be honest. We have had a lot of joy on our side. They're, the conversations have been harder on the High Point side. Um, and it's not because... Um, anything is necessarily dying, but in some ways things are. There's change. And you probably feel it. I don't like change sometimes. Change is hard. We've been prayerful for their people and their staff, and they have been praying for us. But they're going to get to meet our staff next Sunday for the first time. So pray for that gathering. On the 17th, we're going to have a volunteer team's informational meeting. We're building teams with people that we have and people that we've never met before. And that's exciting. So it's going to be an informational thing. So if you are on any of our teams and want to know what teams are going to look like there, you want to be there that night. So put it on your calendar. Um, on the 22nd, that will be the last gathering here at The Rock for our church, which is exciting and crazy. We're probably also going to have some, some moving equipment to move some stuff to Clinton that day because all of you are strong and able to do things and I want to lean into it. Now we're going to be celebrating God's season of our church here. Um, and that's, it's just incredible. So that'll be that day. And then we'll have moving day all that week. We're gonna try to get as much of our stuff into its proper home as we can over that next week. Um, on the 28th, we'll probably have a run through at the church because rumor is that lots of people are very curious about this. And the 29th will be a pretty full and fun day. And on January 29th, that's our first day as Orchard Hill Church at the West Comet campus. It's flying, y'all. It feels like a lot. Uh, and one of the things on the back of the sheet, one of the questions we're probably going to get from a lot of you is how can I help? The three things that you can do. One, uh, we have a new website. It is ohohio.com, Orchard Hill, Ohio. Um, we're getting that site up and getting it going, but a huge thing that you can do is just help us make sure that all your your like communication, your email, all that stuff in Launchpad is accurate. Um, another one is that we're going to have to fill some of these teams with students and kids and security and um, worship. I'm looking for people who are willing to read scripture and to pray and do some of those things in our services. We're trying to expand opportunities for people to be a part of what we're doing in worship. Uh, so if you want to join one of those teams, let us know. Uh, and the last thing is like on moving day, I've got, I've already had people, like, it was funny, the first time we mentioned any of this, Joe was like, let me know, I'm going to clear out and just make sure we have trailers and everything. If you're that kind of person who's just like, hey, that day, I want to bust it to help us get from here to there, then just give us a heads up and we'll start collecting our team. We're going to try to have a really good plan. We're all already purging lots of things from our own storage and being like, and that hasn't been touched since we first got here in 2016, so we'll just throw that away. Um, but it's going to be a lot. And so if you give us a heads up that you're in to help in whatever way, we're going to find a way to employ you. Um, but man, we are excited. And um, if you have questions, if you have concerns, 
Or maybe you're just like, hey, this is the last time you'll see me, I'm out. At least say goodbye. (laughs) But honestly, I think God is doing something so unique and incredible in this moment. Uh, And I pray you spend some time allowing the Lord's joy to fill you about what can be. And start asking, what's it mean for us to steward the moment we're in? Uh, Because this is, I've had countless people just say, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. And they're curious because this is the kind of stage setting for an incredible thing that just makes you wonder, like, what is God up to? Um, So I hope you have that kind of curiosity this week. Let me pray for you, and we'll go out of here from this place. You can grab these sheets on the table on the way out. And, of course, any of us on staff uh, will be around just to answer questions or um, field uh, any of your comments or honestly, to help you uh, figure out how that you can jump, jump in and help us in this huge transition as we become something we've never been, to reach a world that Jesus loves and gave himself to. So let's pray. God, I pray uh, this week that your joy would fill this church. Just the joy that you have in the little yeses of faithfulness with our kids, our grandkids, and our families, and our work the little yeses that make the world look more like heaven in beautiful ways. Lord, let us feel your joy in that. I pray uh, you broaden our heart for the future that we're headed into. Um, Help us to wrestle with change uh, as an opportunity and not just a difference. And Lord, I pray this week that, um, yeah, you give us an opportunity to be faithful with what you entrust us with in the big things and the small. Thank you for loving us and trusting us. Help us to follow you by the power of your spirit. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Go in peace.